Hi everybody, welcome to Wrong Term Memory. As always, my name is Jack and joining me is Colin. Colin, how are you, mate? Hello, mate. I'm good, thank you. Yeah, not bad at all. Um, good to be back recording and um, good to be talking to you, mate. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm sitting here topless. I, I feel like I need to tell people that even though it's cold outside, uh, my heating has been an absolutely blasting all day. So, tops off recording with Colin on a whatever night it is. It doesn't particularly matter, but yeah, um, looking forward to speaking about a subject that you picked this week because I'm still sure that last week's episode was not understandable because I still can't wrap my head around it but nobody's really complained about it and said they couldn't understand it but his story was just a little bit bizarre a little bit macabre how do you say that word? macabre? macabre? I think it's macabre, I'm not sure macabre, that's it, that'll do, right so we're doing something a little bit uh, more light-hearted this week what are we we doing, Colin? We've been inspired by by one of our heads of state our prime minister uh, the man Boris who has got himself into a wee bit of a bother this week with uh, the revelations that he seemed to have a right good old time um, during lockdown. Um, not once, not twice, but weekly. Um, and at time of recording, he seems to be on the edge a little bit of whether he's going to keep his job or not because of it. So a little bit of a laugh at the nonsense of that. And that kind of took us down a bit of a rabbit hole of just looking at other work fuck-ups or things that went wrong in the workplace and um, stuff like that. So no real one big topic or anything, a bit of a mishmash, but sometimes that's the best stuff, and it's what you guys tend to like, especially our executive producers, Mark Brown, Robert McMillan, Sandy McClarty, and our new man, Stuart Glass, who have all joined us as um, executive producer level on Patreon. So thank you to them and to everybody else who's about to listen. Yeah, big kudos. Big kudos to everybody. Now, uh, when you sort of brought up the politics side of things, Colin, I'm... I was kind of into politics, and in inverted commas, maybe about 12, 15 years ago. I thought I was not politically active, but I think you get to an age where you think, oh, I need to, I need to be grown up a little bit and engage with it. But I'll be honest, the last sort of eight, ten years have been, I just ignore it, man, because people might find us repulsive or whatever I just don't think it fucking matters that much to me personally Like, and that's a very selfish point of view how does it impact me right now personally and whoever's in government I don't think really does impact where I am in life and what I'm doing and the job I'm doing and the sort of money I'm making or whatever I don't think it's going to make a massive difference to me personally so I'm very much disengaged in the whole process, mate. What's your sort of? I'm not going to ask you for your political stance, but what's your engagement with politics and, and what's happening in the political world? It's much more than mine. I know that. It's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm certainly not an expert. I I do enjoy taking a bit of an interest in it. Like I'll I'll watch like Question Time every week. Uh, I enjoy that. I got really into American politics over the last couple of years when Trump was there combination of that getting some IPTV with the American news channels on it and I got quite into that actually because it's, it's a hell of a lot more interest in the American stuff I think the problem with the British stuff is that the the two major parties are really just two cheeks of the same dirty arse really there's not much of a, a difference between them I'd probably say I'm more switched on to Scottish politics probably at the minute because it's such a fucking toilet and the people running it are just deplorable and awful and they are, sadly, people that 
without going mega political or offending anybody that's into it, but they actually are people, Jack, that could fuck up our lives quite a bit in terms right, of okay. some of the stuff they're doing and wanting to go independent and closing football stadiums for no reason and um, forcing us to spend 300 quid now. Have you, have you done this? You might not need to. Three, 300 quid now on fire alarms we all have to do by the 1st of February or else we're breaking the law. I've got fire alarms in my house anyway. Apparently, so this, this new law goes live on the 1st of February. You've got to have a fire alarm. You've got to have three, three, three different fire alarms in your house all wirelessly connected to each other so they go off at once. So one in your kitchen, one in your downstairs hall, one up the stairs, and I think one in a bedroom. Right, okay. No, I never knew that. I did see quite a lot of people tweeting about fire alarms and I didn't delve any deeper into why people were suddenly tweeting about them. That's why. Uh, I rent, so that would be my landlord that needs to deal with that, not me. That's good then, aye. So we'll, uh, I, I, I get quoted the other day, like 300 quid to get the whole thing done, which I'm just not doing. I've got a fire alarm already, so that's plenty. Um, yeah, if I need that. to do it to sell the house or whatever, if, I, if it ever comes to that, then I'd maybe do it then. But it just seems mental, like in a, a time when everybody's on their arse and people have been furloughed and everything else, they make up a law, which means everybody has to spend like 300 quid. Nah, it seems, it seems a little, it seems terrible, aye, to be perfectly honest with you. But yeah, I, I never really knew why people were suddenly tweeting about fire alarms quite a lot. But <laughs> it turns out there was a reason behind it, yeah. That, that is but, the reason. When it comes to Boris, like, fucking up at work, I suppose, is it just as simple as that, that he's just a massive fucking blundering cunt and he, he needs to go? Is that, where do you fall down in that sort of side of things? Because I have seen a few people say, or tons of people say, needs to go now. He's a fucking idiot. He's broke he, X, Y, and Z. While we're all suffering as the as the general public, I'll be I'll be honest. Where I'm coming from it is right that oh, I'm not sat here offended and raging that he had a pad parties and he had drinks and stuff like that. Right? Because I, there was times during lockdown, mate, where I went and visited my parents and I went into their house. We took that risk and I saw them. So it, it would be very. It would be very kind of hypocritical of me to have a go at him for that. Um, I do think it's probably time for him to go um, because he is a bit of a joke figure now. Um, he is almost like a, an almost diet Donald Trump in terms of, I think people are going to look back and tie in years to come in history and think, fucking hell, that guy used to be an absolute joke on panel shows and stuff like that, was the Prime right. Minister. Um, have a good news for you and stuff. Yeah, yeah used to be on like that. It's, so I do, I do think it's time to go, but him leaving is not going to make a massive difference the, the Prime Minister doesn't make the decisions, he's just the figurehead of a bigger organisation isn't it so it's not going to massively change just if you bring Sunak in or somebody else to replace them Well that's um, another thing that sort of disengages me with politics is, is that lack of real change that ever happens I suppose even if it is a case of fire the figurehead, get rid of the boss if it's not going to make a fucking difference it's just going to be a new face on the telly as that person. What's the fucking point? That's, and, and that's why I kind of, I don't vote and stuff. I've not voted for years just because I just don't think it makes a fucking massive difference. And I have had people dig me up about it. Oh, you should vote. You're, people fought X, but fuck off. I don't care. <laughs> um, I'm a I'm a, I'm a fucking guy. I, I've been able to vote forever. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fair enough. But, yeah, it just doesn't make... In my eyes, um, I might be blinded by, not laziness, but blinded by something where I just don't care enough 
to yeah. engage with it. But we're not here to speak about politics the whole fucking show, mate. No, absolutely fucking not. Up, fucking up at work. Fucking up at work. Ever fucked up badly at work? I've, I've made mistakes and made errors. I think the fact that this has came from Boris having a, a bit of a party at work made me think of like work nights out stories and stuff like that. And I've got two that kind of spring to mind. One, um, Christmas night out for a bank that I used to work for uh, at Hamden, in one of the conference suites at Hamden. And at the time, I was a contact centre team leader and the head of site approached me at the bar and I was absolutely steaming. And when she spoke to me halfway through the conversation, I paused to be sick on the bar top. Like, actually sick on the bar. <laughs> Did you put the finger up on it and like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I just went, oh my God, I'm sick. And it was one of those ones where it literally ran off the bar top to the back of the bar that landed in the ice buckets and stuff like that. Um, the whole bar had to get like fixed and stuff. And I don't remember it, but apparently she was like to me, oh my God, what's going on, Colin? And I said, I'm just that good at my job while my staff keep buying me drinks. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's the worst thing you said. That's the worst thing you've done. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah. I had the massive fear going to work the next day. There was another one, which was we, in the same workplace, we had a thing where we got our annual bonus every March. And to celebrate it, we had a, a big night out called Blow Your Bonus. And we always did stuff in, in the work at that time as well. And this was at the time of the banking crisis, mate, right, where all these bankers had pretty much ruined the world. And um, banks were seen as the worst people in the whole wide world. And we had a party in Glasgow Science Centre where we hired um, Scott Mills to come and DJ. We actually had a, we had a workplace in Glasgow and a workplace uh, down in Leeds and both places had their Blow Your Bonus party on the same night and Scott Mills DJed both nights out on the same night and we like helicoptered them up to Glasgow and stuff like that, right? So we put, spent a fortune on this. We'd booked out the whole of the sign centre for the night out and then the following day in work we had a fun fair set up in the car park, like full dodgems. Uh, waltzers, all sorts of stuff, right? It was crazy. And the news of the world um, at the time was still going. And they flew a drone or somehow got an aerial photograph of the car park. Right. And put our work on the front cover of that week's News of the World in Scotland with the the headline, uh, Greedy Bankers. <laughs> right. And um, my, friend, my friend at the time, who I won't name, she got herself on the front page of the News of the World, sat on a dodgem um, with, the head, <laughs> with the headline, Greedy Bankers. And at the time, the poor lassie worked 16 hours a week and she was a single mom. <laughs> she was literally the furthest you could get from a greedy banker. I don't think she even qualified for bonus that year. right? So she literally Jesus. got a yee other than a night out and she got her face fucking put on the front page of the paper. Um, and that was the last blow your bonus we had for a while. Yeah, nah, like I, I remember like being, this is many years ago, being at a works night out, well it wasn't a works night out, it was a, a retirement day for a guy in the work, um, this was this was years and years ago, and uh, the admin was out with uh, Alassie, and we were, but, I mean, she was in a relationship, as a relationship, but we were flirting, having a laugh, you know what, we just like, drunken behaviour, and supposedly we disappeared for ages together, right, right. but it was in a snooker hall, so what had happened was we'd ended up at the snooker table, no playing snooker, right, but just having a chat, and then uh, she she was pregnant, like, a couple of weeks later. And it's just been an ongoing joke for the last eight years that uh, little baby Jack rips about. Because she's no left, I've no left. So it's just... <laughs> but, no, I've never really fucked up 
really badly, but um, I might have that night if I had a couple more Zambukas, but I don't think I did. So yeah, I did well. a lot. I did a lot of stuff. My current work, which is web based and publishing websites and all that sort of stuff, and I make mistakes every single week. But I, I'm usually the person that catches them, so nobody realizes. So it's not too bad. I've like done really boring mistakes, like sent e- emails to the wrong people. But that's like fucking something Brent would say as a, as a cracking fucking one liner or something. <laughs> no, just nothing. Um, I'm a competent enough worker to not fuck up badly. But we're going to speak about people that have fucked up. We're going to sort of jump between the banal, basically. I found some really quite banal ones and some celebrity-based ones as well that you found, Colin. So we'll just start with another political one. I don't know if you remember this. Um, 2014, again, I wouldn't have been that engaged in the politics, but you know Michael Gove? Right, Tim? Yep. Uh, He locked himself in a toilet. Do you remember? (laughs) (laughs) House of fucking Commons, man. Jesus Christ. I mean, you're meant to maintain this serious reputation as a upstanding member of parliament and you fucking lock yourself in the toilet man he's a pretty goofy cunt as you know as to start with yeah he's a bit out there yeah a bit sort of like, <laughs> he, looks <laughs> like, he looks like a tory basically i just looks like a tory i 100 yeah. i so he locked himself in the toilet i found that pretty funny um talking about people working in banks mate um did you ever get any famous accounts um yes we did we, the most famous one the most famous two that I ever got were Jude Law and uh, Davina McCall actually they're quite big um I don't know who this woman is because she stayed anonymous uh, but she deleted all of Elton John's payment information from her bank system and she never said a word went up the road and just <laughs> let somebody else deal with it basically <laughs> imagine like I'm phoning, I need to send a million pounds to my florist and it's, it's all gone mate it's and, gone mate I hear you Elton but <laughs> we don't even. That's not his real name, is it? Like, no, his real name's Bertie Tappen or something. Or I, see Tappen, when it comes to your bank accounts, do you need your real name or will Elton John's bank account be in Elton John? It depends if his if he's actually changed his name to Elton John or if it's just a stage right. name or not. Right, okay. um, and for for somebody like Kim, he's probably got business banking because he's a public. He'll be a limited company. Hello, friends. Colin here. The looks, the charm, and the brains behind drug term memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrong term memory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. Right. And that'll be, that'll be called Elton John or something, probably. Right, okay, okay. So uh, that's... But you do have, like, you have markers on all the banks I've worked for, all two. You have markers on accounts that say like VIP sort of stuff. So right. it's not just for celebrities and stuff like that, but you'll know when somebody like that comes through, though, there's there's stuff to let you know, basically. Yeah, we'll do one more sort of beige one, then we'll go to a celebrity. So um, Dolly Alderton, who is a writer, journalist, and Sunday Times style dating columnist, pitched a game show to a room full of executive producers. Um, do you know what the idea was called? No, what was it? <laughs> uh, she pitched Jeopardy. 
Two. Fucking, <laughs> fucking stupid bitch. <laughs> oh, God, it's only like the most oh. famous game show in America. Aye, so that's what she done. Aye, she tried to pitch. I wonder if it was along the same lines as the real Jeopardy or if it was just called the Jeopardy and she made an absolute cunt of it. But um, she owned up and admitted that, that she tried to pitch Jeopardy to American executive producers, which was uh, never never going to work really, mate. So, first yeah. celebrity, where we going? Harrison Ford? We'll go to Harrison Ford for a second. I said, yeah, I just quickly on game shows. Have you seen that new Jimmy Carr one that started? I literally just told you. That's what? what's called. Which one? Yes, sorry, yes, 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 yes. I knew. See, when I seen your face there, I thought, he thinks I'm saying I literally just told you. <laughs> How did I switch off for five minutes there? Aye, that's what's called, mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite interesting. Basically, the concept is that you answer questions on things that have actually already been said on the show. And it's the amount of people that still get them wrong is amazing. It's quite hard to remember, but it is. I've, I, I watched the first because the, the the first one had celebrities on it, mm. and now it's just normal people. So I watched the first celebrity one. I've not went back and rewatched it, but yeah, they were asking. It's not just answers to questions that you've missed. It's things that people have said, like where they lived. Like Jimmy Carr said, "I lived on X Y Z Street." Just as a comment, and then you're getting questioned in that like half an hour later or whatever. I can I can see why you would forget just banal stuff like that. So yeah, it's reasonably interesting. Do you know what it's I watched that night as well? Sorry, yeah, to speak over you there, mate. But uh, Ant and Dex Limitless Win. Yeah, I quite liked it. I did like it. I watched the first one with the the couple that won half a million. Yes, because they, they knew that Am- at one point. Yeah, they but because they knew that Amazon was twenty eight years old. Yeah, they got twenty eight steps up the thing. Again, it's not really made me want to watch it repeatedly because there's not enough questions. Like I'm the same mm. as you. I like the chase or whatever because it's question, 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 quite rapid fire, whereas it's mostly gumph. It's mostly filler with them yeah. debating whether to go for the numbers and stuff. So I'll probably never watch it again. But it was quite interesting. They won half a million pounds. The, the week is links back as well now with Romesh presenting it and that's quite good for rapid questions as well. Yeah, I noticed that the other day. Is it still all celebrities? Because it was celebrities when I watched it the other day. Um, I think the first season they've done is all celebrities, yeah. Right, I think okay. it is. He's never half a telly, that cunt, man. I quite like him, but... Oh, his podcast's fantastic, man. It's it so is, fun. man. Uh, I've got like, a lot of time for him. But he is... He's got the hardest working agent in fucking in Britain. <laughs> um, he's going to end up at, like, that James Corden, that, I bet. Oh. I bet he's... I bet he's got plans to try and get to America because that's where the big bucks obviously are. So we'll see oh, if he, if he leaves his behind. One of his um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Ford mate. Yeah, so Harrison Ford on the set of Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which was filmed in 2014 when he wasn't a young man. Right. Um, he was paid a lot of money to reprise his role as, of course, Han Solo. Um, but he almost died making this film. Um, imagine Harrison Ford dying. Um, a hydraulic door was accidentally triggered on the set while he was passing through it and the door came down on top of him knocking him to the ground and it dislocated his ankle and broke two bones in his leg and caused a nasty laceration on his lower leg Um, the injuries were so bad that they delayed filming for almost two months and Harrison Ford sued the production company uh, and got two million dollars in damages and basically, the, when the damages came out, Jack, they said that the door acted as a blunt guillotine that could have killed him had it landed on his head or his neck. Yeah, it's pretty serious stuff, man. Yeah, like, it's just off the top of my head, but uh, was it Alec Baldwin recently killed somebody on set with a gun because it was had real, a real bullet in it? And it's not the first time it's fucking happened in Hollywood. 
I just don't understand because it happened on the crow as well with Brandon Lee, mm. which I think put that film into sort of cult cultdom, you want yeah. to call it that, because my friend loved it. It wasn't a good film. <laughs> it was it was shit. But because he killed himself accidentally on set with a, a live bullet, why the fuck do they have live bullets on film sets? Doesn't make sense. It just it just it it's, makes it's no mental. sense at all. And it's that's two people's life it's cost. Do you think there's going to be serious law changes in America? Like I know that they're all for having your own guns, but surely on fucking film sites they go like, right, no live rounds, just in case. Well, you'd think so because even like if you watch a film and somebody fires a gun, the noise of that gun isn't even what you're hearing. Though when they edit that film and, and actually make it properly, the be, will be, yeah, they would put in an actual <clears throat> flat sound of what a gun sounds like. So there's absolutely no need to have a real gun or to have somebody whose job, I mean, the, the big thing about that is that somebody's job, Jack, in sets or in, um, what's the word, props, somebody in set or sets or props whose job was to have that gun ready, have the blank bullets in it and have it good to go. Mm-hmm. And they have fucked up massively and somebody's dead and somebody else is a murderer. It's mental. It's it is mad, yeah. More banal stuff here. Um, this person, again, kept their name out of this. He was 24 and he had a blog about volunteering adventures overseas, continued to update it for years after while he was working a job in a non-profit office. How much of that do you think was on the internet? Is it just, I'd say most of it when it comes to lifestyle blogs and shit like that, these people are just sitting, kidding on that they're fucking eating kale and drinking fucking quinoa or whatever it is and just lying to you because you're gullible enough and you'll give them money. Yeah. yeah, the worst ones for this, I think, Jack, are the you'll see either articles or videos about it. Um, Hi, my name's Colin. I work in New York, and this is my typical day. I wake yeah. up at half past four, and I do five hundred press ups, four hundred burpees, and I jog for five kilometers. I right. then have some kale, a milkshake, <laughs> and I've then I do these some guys yoga while watching right. the news. <laughs> it's just fucking bullshit. Yeah, it must go on all the time. But at least this person. Well, he's not fucking man enough to give his name out, but he's sort of owned up to it, confessed to it, to get it off his conscience by the sounds of it, without actually um, naming who he is. 2013, we're going back to, this guy called AJ Clement makes his grand debut as an anchor on an American TV network called KYFR. Quite a big one. Doesn't go particularly well, but within seconds um, of his big debut, he manages to audibly mutter the words, fucking shit on live telly and he gets mm-hmm. sacked the next day and has never been back on telly since oh what about in the boss man because it, it, I think it takes years and years and years of journalistic work to become an anchor on a TV show and then you say fucking shit within the first 10 seconds I've been on a telly man <laughs> what a funny oh dear man there was a, a German bank employee also right. in 2013 who was obviously working too hard and was pretty tired um, who transferred let me get this right. Two hundred and twenty-two million, two hundred and twenty-two thousand, yeah. two hundred and twenty-two pounds, and sorry, two hundred and twenty-two euros and twenty-two cents to the bank account of a very surprised old retiree. <laughs> because, and he did this, Jack, because he fell asleep with his head on the keyboard and it was on the number two button. Oh dear man, he couldn't have fell asleep for long because you know how some if you hold a button down for a long time, you I mean, he could have ended up bankrupting the planet if he'd fell asleep for a half 10 seconds one but yeah that's um that's not ideal 
If you're an old guy, Jack, you get a notification on your phone that 222 million just went into it. You'd probably die. <laughs> you probably would die. I was going to say, like, you run away, you try and keep it, you start spending it, but no, you, you probably would just die. Probably it's a heart attack. Heart attack. There was um, a woman called Rochelle Peachy, who's from Essex. She was the founder of the I Love Your Accent dating service. And she spoke about her worst day at work was when she worked in New York in a management consultancy. It was her first day and she arrived to find her new boss in a particularly bad mood, having just found out that her British husband had been cheating on her. The boss then spent the entire day bad-mouthing the British for their terrible teeth, their filthy bathing habits and their tight-fistedness with money. Um, this left the heavily Essex-accented Peachy with two options. Admit to her questionable English heritage and hope for the best, or pretend to be American and use an American accent and stereotypical slang like awesome. She chose to pretend to be American. Yeah, I wonder how long she kept that up for, man, because we've had stories about that before, about people like saying something on their first day of work, or do you remember the one about the woman that uh, burped every 10 minutes? <laughs> The whole yeah, time she it worked was place. It was absolute nonsense. She just thought it was funny. She kept it up for, for two years. <laughs> oh, dearie me. <laughs> this one's the best one, man. <laughs> like, like, I've just got the hashtag here. Um, Susan Boyle, when she was <laughs> launching her album years ago, uh, I think she was meant to tweet out hashtag Susan Boyle album party, but just typed out uh, Susan album party. But when you see it written down, it quite clearly says uh, Sue's anal bum party. <laughs> so childish, man. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was funny, man. And it, it did, that got, that, that trended on Twitter and everybody went crazy for that when that happened. Yeah, especially because she put it all in lowercase, so it just ran together. Amazing. There was no capitalisation, so yeah, it definitely looks like Sue's anal bum party. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we'll jump to a celebrity one, Jack. Uh, yeah, yeah. George Clooney, do you want to take this one? George Clooney, yeah, so... Uh, Syria or Syriana, um, he worked in that and he won an Academy Award for his performance in it. And it's again how long ago these films were out 2005, which is 17 fucking years ago, mate. Um, but the injuries he sustained were so painful, suicidal thoughts crossed his mind. The accident occurred when the chair that Clooney was taped to for a scene bundled over and he hit his head on the floor. Basically, the accident caused the actor to sustain a rare injury known as a torn dura. Uh, which is the thick membrane that holds the brain and spinal fluids, and Clooney spent weeks in the hospital under observation, suffering excruciating headaches, uh, which he described as feeling like you're constantly having a stroke. Now, unless you've had a stroke, I don't know how you can say that, George, but we'll let it slide because you're he in a bit a doctor of pain, in the yard, though, remember, so he probably knows stuff. Yeah, he probably does know about yeah. strokes and shit, yeah, but for weeks the doctors couldn't diagnose what was causing him so much pain before a neurologist came in um, who had... M- Luckily, see, this is enough sort of weird thing that unless a doctor's come across something before they don't know what the fuck it is but this person neurologist had come across the rare injury before identified the problem and performed a series of operations which relieved the pain and pressure on george's old brain there in the year that followed the ordeal Clooney sustained severe memory loss which forced him to regularly engage in repetitive memory exercises to retrain his brain and basic forms of information and how to recall them. So I never knew that about George Clooney, man, but See, that seems I, pretty serious. Yeah, I didn't know that either, and that surprises me because I usually know shit like that about people who are, as, who are as massively famous as he is. And even uh-huh. back in 2005, he was massively famous. So I'm surprised I didn't hear that either, but that's that's mad. Yeah, it sounds pretty serious, that one, man. Absolutely. Yeah, so we'll move on to 
this is just a video I've seen. It's, I suppose if you've not seen the video, it's not great. It's just a guy called Martin who's a waiter at an Ash Wednesday event hosting Angela Merkel. And he shits himself, trips and basically pours an entire tray of beers across the German... I was going to say German Prime Minister, but that's not what we get told up for. Chancellor, isn't it? Chancellor over there, yeah. So that's it. This one I put in for you, mate, um, mm-hmm. because it's an Apple one. There's a couple of Apple ones here, actually. Uh, I'll take this one. So you remember Bengate? Basically, yes. when the world... Like, the iPhone 6 Plus would bend if it was placed in your pocket, basically. So LG got all fucking giddy and excited about this news. And you've got to admit, you'd be kind of smug if you're... Because back then, they were kind of a competitor. Like, they're not now, obviously. But you would get giddy about it. So the French arm of the company sent out a tweet. Our phones don't bend. They're naturally curved because they had released this sort of curvy phone at the time called the G-Flex. Unfortunately, of course, uh, <laughs> it was tweeted um, for on Twitter for iPhone, as always. Um, for these things, I love man. that. It's like so, it happens all the time with people like Samsung. Samsung, Google. and obviously their employees have got Apple iPhones because they're better. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. I love it. I do. <laughs> I, I, remember, I remember defending Apple like fuck back then as well. Like, Listen, if you get any phone and put pressure on it, it'll bend. Why is this a new story? Just shut up. Oh, you, oh you, but you're, you're kind of bad for just taking that corner and sticking with it, mate. But uh, yeah, I give you kudos for it at times as well, yeah. Um, yeah. Another big Apple one where a guy had a really bad day at work, a guy called Gary Poole. Uh, he worked um, in product design for Apple, and back in 2010, he actually lost the iPhone 4 prototype in a bar. I remember this. And um, some guy found it, ended up selling it to Gizmodo, and Gizmodo basically published every single detail of the secret new design. And back in the iPhone 4 days, Jack, there wasn't the number of leaks that you have now. Literally, when the new iPhone came out, it was a big surprise. It was massively different. And the iPhone 4, if I remember correctly, was the first one that went to straight curves, straight corners, a little bit more blocky, not so curved on the back, one kind of sheet of metal. And it was a massive difference in design. Right. And it all got leaked. And you know what? That happened back in 2010 and Gizmodo. I don't know if they're still going, but up until they were, if they're not, they were still blacklisted from every single Apple event after that. They were never allowed any access to Apple, no access to keynotes. They got nothing after that. Right. If you're a, a Gizmodo journalist or editor, I presume that went to that story before it got put out, do, do you think that far into the future? Do you think, right, we're, we're, they're going to fuck us here, but right now, right this minute, if we put this out, we're going to get the most website hits we've ever got? It's, yeah, it's a, bit, a really, really tough one because obviously they, they did massive business with that story. They got their name everywhere. People know about Gizmodo because of that one story. Yeah. However, if you're a tech website and the biggest company in the world ends up being a tech company the way Apple have, cutting them off from your productions for the rest of your time maybe not long term the best thing to do but you can see why you would have done it back then yeah this one's just a tweet um, from the American Red Cross Ryan found two more four bottles of Dogfish Heads Midas Touch Beer when we drank it we got it right getting slizzard as a hashtag (laughs) now obviously that's just something that works for American Red Cross who's not like Swiss tickets yeah it's the hashtag man uh, it's actually from Hootsuite, so he's obviously sent it um, by accident. But hashtag <laughs> getting slizzled is, is brilliant yeah. from the American, the American Red Cross man. Enjoy that. Yeah. 
um, back to TV networks, uh, French TV network, TV5 Mond, uh, face a security breach on the 8th of April and on the 9th of April on television to discuss what they called an unacceptable attack on the freedom of information. <laughs> However, <laughs> unfortunately, the spokesman, David Delos, recounted the story and watchers realised that behind him, displayed <laughs> boldly for all to see, were all the confidential papers revealing all, revealing all of their social media passwords. On them. <laughs> Oh, it's it's, it's, I always like I always look for things like that. even like last night we, I was watching the Rangers Aberdeen game last night on Sky and at full time the pundits were sat around a table talking about the match oh. and Chris Boyd's notes were on the table and they were really really clear to see I remember I actually paused the Sky and like zoomed in and had a look at it and stuff like that um, and there's nothing interesting on it but just because it was something you don't normally see I wanted to see it mm-hmm <laughs> no, I do get that when you do get a wee glimpse. Like, because they seem to, football pundits seem to have tons of notes in front of them. Like, tons of notes. And they always seem to be on paper, you know? Yeah, it's weird. We think the iPads and stuff by now. Like, I suppose that most of them, because right. you technically need need to be retired, basically, to be a pundit. You need to be over the age of 40. So, so most of them will be used to uh, pen and paper, I suppose, and it is. Easier if you're used to it. A guy called Sean Ingram, this is just a funny one. He caught a, uh, what do you call it, a mechanic, a joyriding his car, basically a Halfords mechanic because he had a dash cam and he caught the guy <laughs> doing like 60 miles an hour in a 30 zone and stuff like that. Just taking his car out for a joyride, man, when it was <laughs> meant to be in getting fixed. So well, see, uh, that, that Halfords mechanic got the sack. That must happen quite a lot. It happens know. a lot. I remember I, I worked in a place with this guy and he was, a, he was an older guy, really, really camp, right? So if you can picture a really old camp guy, and he was sat at his computer one day, and he just stood up and went, I don't believe it! I need to go home right now! Right. I was like, how is it? And he goes, I've got decorators in my house, and they're, they're rifling through my drawers! <laughs> <laughs> he, had a, he had a camera for his dog, so that he could see what his dog was getting up to while he was working. <laughs> and he checked in his dog. <laughs> these decorators working through his drawers. Fuck and so he was much. raging, man. Um, and he ran home, like, actually left work and ran home to confront them. Um, but... <clears throat> He was very, very camp and very, very animated with it. And I still remember it. It was so funny. Uh, I'm going to give you a quote, mate, um, and guess what this person's talking about. Okay. As soon as the sucker popped out, she was quite slippery, fell out of my hands right onto the floor I, as I was handing her to my partner. <laughs> Sounds like a fisherman or something. Uh, somebody describing the birth of a baby. Um, <laughs> it's a paramedic and the baby oh, was born in the back hell. of the thing and slipped out and he literally dropped the baby on the floor, man. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> Said the, um, mother, the mother wanted to kill him, obviously, but luckily, and yes, luckily the baby was fine, but the, I, I can imagine them being quite slippy, man. And quite small at oh, that size. Oh, yeah, cover the full of that sort of baby batter and all that. Fucking bar of soap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, here's one from a teacher which I quite enjoyed. Um, right. I'm a teacher. Early in my career, a student went missing after second recess. I looked around and realised that he'd never came back. No one could find him. Called his parents. No answer. Searched the playground. Nothing. Bat signal. No response. This caused a school wide panic. The superintendent office was called. Security and the police came. He never, he never actually came to school that day. I missed the fact that he was gone all day when I took attendance first thing in the morning. His mum called in a panic, wondering why she had 10 missed calls, and the cops were at her door when she got him back from a prearranged doctor's appointment she had made for her son. Um, to be fair, another kid, Sebastian, told me that he saw him jump over the fence and leave at recess. <laughs> Turns out Sebastian lies a lot. 
How can you trust a? How can you fucking trust a kid, man? You can't trust a ten-year-old to tell you the truth about fucking anything, man. And by that age, they're quite skilled little liars. So you, yeah, I suppose you might believe little Sebastian when it's such a serious panic that you think little Johnny's got murdered, but no, <laughs> he was at home. Well, that's hard being a fucking stupid cow. I suppose that's why we're here discussing that. Right, we've got. A- Hello friends, Colin here. The looks, the charm and the brains behind Drunk Term Memory. Just wanted to pop in and interrupt your listening pleasure to let you know about our Patreon and some changes that we've made to it recently. We've now introduced a £1 tier where you get absolutely hee-haw other than the sense of achievement that could only come from supporting two great guys like myself and Jack. We've also reduced the price of the two top tiers uh, by a pound on each of them just because we appreciate Life is a little bit shit just now, and uh, if we can make things a little bit better for people, then we will. So check us out at patreon.com forward slash wrongtermemory, and you'll be able to get early access to shows, ad-free, and lots of bonus content. couple more. Uh, I've actually got a BuzzFeed article that we'll maybe take a look at, and you've got something else you want to, to speak about as well. Right, Uh Serving a one-stropped a salad plate on a baby's head. <laughs> Left a small bruise. I've never felt more shitty. It was so, so awful and so awkward. The family stayed to eat the rest of the meal. Fortunately, my manager had another server take over the table. I didn't get fired. I just got a sit-down lecture about how I can't just go dropping plates on babies. <laughs> the baby to the doctor later to make sure everything was okay. I never heard anything else about it, so I guess everything was all right. Uh, this is one of those things that I remember that makes me want to crawl inside a hole and hide. I'm cringing so hard just thinking about it right now. Yeah, just dropping anything, hurting a baby by accident is rubbish, man. Like I remember I used to sort of look after my nephews and stuff like that. I used to kid on wrestle and like basically tombstoning one and nearly killing him when he was about four or something, man. I was like, I'd have been 10, 9 or 10 at the time because my brothers are a good few years older than me. So when they were having kids, um, I wasn't that much older than them. So, yeah, I still remember that to that day, and that was nearly 30 years ago. There's um, another celebrity one here, and it's one that you'll like, Jack, because it's from your favourite movie of all time. Oh, Terminator 2. All right, class. Yeah, right. Uh, Don't you go tell me about this. So, Linda Hamilton uh, obviously played Sarah Connor in the Terminator series. Um, but she'll always, Jack, have a constant reminder of her time on set because it caused her to suffer permanent hearing loss. Um, during an elevator scene while shooting her Terminator 2, Hamilton failed to re- reinstall her earplugs after removing them following a visit to the bathroom between takes. Right. Unaware the plugs were no longer in her ears, the actor fired off a shotgun that was loaded with blanks. The small confines and metal walls of the elevator amplified the sound so much that it forced her down to her knees in pain. And the noise was so loud, she completely lost her balance instantly. And um, three decades later, she still experiences ringing in her ear, but she's managed to manage the hearing loss uh, in the ear that was closest to the blast. Fucking hell, uh, that's she's mad. permanently damaged herself because of it. Guns yeah, again, films. Yeah, guns again. Blanks, so like, blanks can cause damage. Like, what's the film with Colin Farrell? It's a brilliant film. Lost in Bruges? Uh, yeah. Um, that is Lost in Bruges. Is that what it's called? Yeah. It's just, it's just called In Bruges. It's just called In Bruges. It's, it's not lost, it's just In Bruges. You're yeah, right. So, yeah, In Bruges. But he shoots a guy with, with blanks and, and they go in his eyes because obviously something comes out. Um, that's a brilliant film. I need to watch that again, man. It's so darkly comic. It's really sad as well. It, doesn't it? 
Um, yeah, it's got a couple of dwarfs in it, mate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't want to get cancelled. Oh, yeah, you don't see that anymore. Do you yeah, that last no, week with the midget gems? Yes, yeah, no midget gems. Dwarf to M's it's or many gems. gems, yes. Yeah, yeah that, that's seen in Terminator. It's probably the one where they're coming down the stairs in the big building um, to walk out the front door. It's pretty cool when the Terminator just walks up with a smoke bomb and starts shooting fuck it, can't you? It's class. Um, right. Many times have you watched Terminator 2? Well, I did watch it, like, weekly for a couple of years when I was... Eight, nine, and ten, probably. Constantly go. Said this before. I don't like over old ground, but we'd go to the video shop. I'd be like, would you want? I would look about and go eh, Terminator, please, Terminator Two, <laughs> and that would piss her off. Because back then it was probably, well, that would have been like, you know how the new films were always dearer and like global mm-hmm. video and stuff like that. So it was like four pound or whatever for two nights, or you could only get the new films out for a night, so you had to take it home and watch it. So at first it was probably like four pound to get Terminator out, but over time it probably went down to like £2 for the week or something, but still, a lot of money spent on, I don't know why she never, I don't know why she, like, this is my mother's fault as well, I don't know why she never just bought me the Terminator 2 VHS, instead of repeatedly going to Azad Video and letting me fucking get it out. But, <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Yeah, mums will do the best for them, I'm a mummy's boy, mum will look after you like that. Right, I'm going to click on this Bud's feed article. Now, it's a podcast, mate, um, have you got the thing in front of you? No. I'll, just, I'll just open it myself just now as well. Yeah, so, BuzzFeed obviously do a lot of pictures, so we'll, we'll, but we're not going to do all of these, but we'll describe some of them, because some of them are quite good. Um, we've got the employee who was probably daydreaming of orange juice, and there's a picture of lemons, uh, and under it it says, perfect for orange juice, which is obviously <laughs> um, a bit of a fuck-up. Number two's not all that good. Number three, um, <laughs> it's a poster, and it reads, don't the food with bare hands use the concern spoon. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Like, and it's not like a Chinese translation thing. This is somebody's read that and went, yeah, just print off a thousand of them. Don't the food with bare hands. Yeah. Concern spoon. That's quite good. Uh, don't uh, want to do that one. Uh, don't want do to do number six either. Don't want to do number six, no. Number seven's got uh, a table that says holds up to £1,000, and of course it's broken after having a few bags <laughs> put on it, top of it. It actually says on it, displayed with £810. <laughs> it's collapsed on that. It's absolutely broke. Uh, we've got a picture of a Capri Sun with not one straw, but 15 straws attached there. It just looks funny, man. Like, I know this is a podcast, but uh, I think we're getting there. Uh, skip that one. Uh, we've got McDonald's ice, but they've just used the big M, so it says mice. Um, <laughs> One dollar for a £10 bag of mice. It's a good deal, actually. It's a not bad deal, yeah. Like, my pal used to have a snake and he used to feed it with baby mice. He would have been loving it if you could get mice for that price. Uh, I love co- cookies, so cookies just spelled wrong. Coochie, yeah, C-O-O-C-I-E. Um, <laughs> this one, people will know about this one, uh, the South Dakota campaign to combat meth addiction, and it's got a poster, and it says, meth, uh, we're on it. <laughs> I love that one, man. Uh, that's a good one. Um, um, the last one, maybe, is a good one, number 14. Number 14. Um, the person didn't think to double-check this copy on this uh, recruitment advert, and it says, we're hiring part-time and full-time people available, and it says, servers, in brackets, serve people. Greeters, in brackets, greet people. And then line cooks, in brackets, cook people. <laughs> and it's the pathetic attempt to scribble out people with a pencil and yeah. write food under it. They've not even scribbled it out with a black pen. No, it's, it's just great. a pencil. 
That'll do us for them because I, I do get that they are picture based and that's not great. But you had something you wanted to bring to the table just before we wrap it up, mate. Eh? Yeah, I had one that I'll, I'll maybe give a couple from maybe go into a bit more detail in future shows if people like it. Oh, um, okay. I found out this guy who calls himself um, the Amazing Troll Man. And really simple concept, actually. What he does is he changed his name on Facebook to customer support. I'm surprised to get away with that. Yeah. What he does is he finds a company and then changes his profile picture to that company's logo and then goes on that company's Facebook page and identifies customers that have posted things they're not happy about and he replies <laughs> and people think that they're speaking to the company. It's quite it's quite it's quite good as a trolling method to be fair. It's yeah. very good. Like, I'll I'll give you some of them here. Like this one's for H. Samuels, the jewellers. This person on some Karen's went on and wrote Bought my wife a ring from H. Samuels in the bull ring centre. I needed the ring resizing, so I brought it back to be done. was told it would take three days. When I went back to collect it, they could not find my ring. And I was told they would contact me when they found it. And they wouldn't give me a refund. It's ridiculous. I've been waiting over a week and no one's given me any answers. Get my ring found or refund me. And the wee guys replied, okay, calm down, Frodo. <laughs> <laughs> the customer completely... Take in by it and wrote back, I want the name of the person who wrote this. You cannot treat the customers this way. They've replied, the name's Gollum, my precious. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that too easy, but when people bite like that sometimes, I think. Yeah. Um, somebody's wrote on Marks and Spencer's Facebook page, just after Marks and Spencer's released an LGBT sandwich, uh, lettuce, guacamole, bacon and tomato. Oh, right. An LGBT sandwich? Is this a late April's fool? Will you be doing a straight sandwich later? Or is this just a special treatment for them as usual? Are you going to be selling a sandwich to celebrate being normal? This country's an absolute joke. We favour foreigners and homosexuals over our own. Fuck's sake, man. <laughs> um, he's replied, as Marks and Spencers. Don't have a hissy fit, Adolf. We, <laughs> <laughs> we do have a sandwich for you normal folk too. We're introducing the bigot butty. It's served <laughs> on a delicious white bap. None of that foreign brown muck. Um, perfectly round back. They're perfectly round the bap of such beauties wouldn't look out of place on page three of the Daily Sport. Um, that'll keep the gaze away. It's topped with lashings of bacon. That'll repel any Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> repel. <laughs> and it's best served while wearing a white sheet over your head. <laughs> um, oh, I'll, I'll find one more and then I'll finish it. Let me just find a shorter one. Oh, um, repel! But, That's just the use of language there that really tickled me, man. Repel the Muslims. It? Yeah, it's funny. Um, <laughs> anyway, this one. Let's see what one we do. Uh, okay, this one McDonald's page. So he changed his profile to McDonald's this time. This morning I ordered a porridge from the drive-through, and I was asked to park in Bay Parking. It took five minutes to arrive, and it made me late for work. When I opened the porridge, it was lukewarm. How hard is it to have porridge ready in the morning? Customer support. How hard is it for you to get your Goldilocks ass up a bit earlier in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> Customer wrote back, I'm actually speechless. And he wrote back, I wish you were. <laughs> oh. It's just, it's, it's excellent, honestly. There's and, and there's literally so many of these. Um, I'll, I'll real, this one, real, one last final one, right, just because it's great. WH Smith this time. Hello. I'd like to know why you're now closing at five o'clock when it's always been half six before now. I walked for over 20 minutes to get there and I was very disappointed to find you closed. Don't you think you should let customers know about times if they're changing? Very annoying. It was a very, very long walk, 20 minutes there and 20 minutes back for nothing. 
His reply, fuck me, the Proclaimers ain't got nothing on you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect place to wrap it up. <laughs> oh, I think we need to revisit that guy at some point when get maybe a, a fuller a fuller section of his or stuff like that. Um, that's probably a good idea for a showman is just trolls um, hooking people and getting people involved in their nonsense, man. Yeah, we'll probably yeah. do it in the next couple of weeks, actually. I like that as an idea. So good stuff that you found that, Colin. Yeah, we'll call it a day, mate, yeah? Oh, man, nice one. Good to speak to you, as always, my man. Right, guys, we will uh, speak to you soon. And again, super shout out to all the patrons. Uh, Patreon.com, hot slash long-term memory. Go there, give us some money. Thanks. Bye.